welcome back to Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Hey, we're in the studio with Ken Pomeroy. What's going on, Ken? Nothing much, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. And we're right by a Pony Boy where I saw you for the first time. Yeah. Oh, you saw me at that show. I oh did. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Cool. That's cool. I did. We were talking a little bit about Matt, uh, your number one fan and in Matt. OKC, Matt. Absolutely. Um, he saw you at Speakeasy and told me that I should check you out. And so I, I don't remember when that was, but you played at Pony Boy yeah. after. That was like your very next show. So I was like, well, let's go check it out. So. Yeah, that's super cool. I... That Speakeasy show was, like, something super special for me because uh, all my best friends were playing that show. Chris Jones and, like, the Flycatchers. And, all, and I'm, I'm a part of the Flycatchers, so that was cool to, like, be a part of and kind of, um, like, put myself in that vibe and everything. It was really cool. And it was definitely the show that made me want to play music again after the pandemic because after the pandemic, it was, like, I felt like I was in a rut, you know, as we all were. And... Yeah, that show definitely changed my whole perspective, and, like, I could see what I was capable of, you know? Yeah, everybody, I mean, you can't help but feel drained, like. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it sucked so bad. It was awful. But it's the way she goes. That's cool, though. It's great whenever something like that happens and kind of reinvigorates. Absolutely, yeah. And that seems to happen a lot, if, like, in music for me. That's, like, one of the things that genuinely, like, brings out uh, the, like, I don't know, like, a whole different side of me. It's, like... And we've talked about it a lot about how basically like I am a pretty introverted person, um, but I have to like turn on Ken Pomeroy music, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and it's it's funny. It's yeah, it's it's a hoot for me to like see. And like it's so funny too playing with one of my like best friends ever, Isaac Stalling, because he like sees both of it, like both of us, I guess, if we're going right. to talk about personalities. <laughs> but yeah, music is great. Music definitely brings out the best in me. Yeah. Yeah, I think he played at the show we were at, and yeah. then Keithley was here too. I yes, think for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was a cool show. Yes, Keith. I opened for up, up for Keithley, right? Uh, yes. So. Right. Yeah. Yes. And then wait, was the Nims here? No. Is that not that same show? That was Beach Language. Sorry. No, you're all good. I like went to two shows in a row at Pony Boy, no, and yeah. I get them all mixed up now. For sure. That room <laughs> is yeah. But yeah, you're right. It was Keithley was headlining. Cool. Yeah, that she's great. Love her so much. She's hilarious. I follow her on she's Instagram, and I'm like, yeah. wow, she's a pure joke. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. She's so funny. Anyway, I was gonna talk to you about, um, you know, we we kind of talked about talking about your interest in music. You know, going back to the things that you're first interested in on your own. That's the thing that I like talking to people about. I'm like, initially, you just kind of talk. You listen to whatever is around, yeah. like your parents are playing or whatever. But I like to hear about the first thing that you're like found on your own, I guess. Like oh boy. that do you were you just really kind of like, this is cool. <laughs> I do. Okay. Um, so I would say it, all, it really all started with John Denver. Um, John Denver, uh, I was like, I think six years old and I heard that song for the first time. And like my parents have like fantastic music taste. Um, but that song just had come on like in passing and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I was a little kid like what is that jet plane song what is the plane song <laughs> and I was like obsessed with it as a kid and I like got super 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 hooked on it and my stepmom burned that song on a cd uh just like 18 times over and over again so I would like fall asleep to it every night and uh that song is like ingrained in my brain now but that's definitely the reason why I play music is that song specifically um and I think that's where I got a lot of my like songwriting like the way I write songs is from from that song in that era I guess John Denver and like um James Taylor and like all the greatest like songwriters in my opinion um all that kind of thing and it's 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 such a good feeling to like see them and what I do sometimes because I'll like catch it and I'm like oh that's cool like I just did what I wanted to do the whole time I've ever been playing music and yeah, so John Denver was definitely, like, my start to wanting to, like, make people feel how he made me feel. And, yeah, he's just, he's really good. I was bummed when I figured out he was dead. I was super <laughs> bummed out. 
I was so bummed out. And yeah, it was it was not a fun um, discovery and just the way so tragic. I mean, he built yeah. his own plane and then yeah, but yeah, it I definitely wish I would have gotten to see him or like been alive in that time, but you know. <laughs> It's the, way she goes. Yeah, it's the way she goes. That's for the sure. bummer for sure. Whenever you're like, whenever someone passes before you can see them, I'm always nervous that's gonna happen with someone I really want to see. Oh yeah, same. I'm like, fuck. That's I'm so thankful I got to see uh, John Prine. Um, oh okay. Before. So I got to see John Prine. Um, I went to uh, a concert for one of my best friends. Her dad had passed away, um, and John Prine was his favorite artist. And so we, like, went to this John Prine concert. And we were both, like, 13, like, really young and, like, the youngest ones in the crowd. And so... I would imagine. No, for sure. <laughs> and it was super cool because my stepmom and I, Wendy, we got to the hotel, like, kind of early, like, earlier than them. And, um, like, went into the gift shop and I was, like, looking around. And Wendy, like, taps my shoulder and, like, points. And there's, like, John Prine, like, standing. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was his That's wife. awesome. It was so sick. And I got to meet him and I got, like, um, I got a birthday card signed for my best friend. And uh, he, like, sang happy birthday for her at the concert. Like, remembered it all. Wow. Yeah, it was super That's sick. That's so cool. I know. He's, like, one of my favorite artists of all time. So that definitely was super sick that I got to meet him. And I honestly, at that time, didn't realize how big of a deal that was. Because I was, like, 13, I was, like, yeah, this is sick, like, yeah. But, like, now I'm, like, oh, my gosh, like, that's, that's like, once in a lifetime, literally. That's an all-timer, for <laughs> yeah, sure. for sure. But, yeah, John Prine um, definitely was another one of those influences that just, like, made me want to make other people feel how they made me feel. And, yeah, that's pretty much, pretty much the early, early days of Ken. Um, and... Yeah, I went to James Taylor as well. I saw a James Taylor concert. That was the first concert I've ever cried at. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm not a crier, so that was, like, pretty good. Um, Bonnie Raitt was supposed to open up for him, which my dad and I aren't, like, a huge Bonnie Raitt fan, so <laughs> it, like, it like worked me. out. Yeah, it worked out because it was, like, double um, James Taylor, but it was, it was really good. It was just him and, like, his acoustic set, and then he played some, like, band or whatever, but... Uh, him and his guitar, dude. It's like I've never seen anything like that. And it's the same thing. Like it's just more inspiration. Every single time I see someone that I like really have looked up to or not even like heard of or just like see and get inspired from, like that's just like the best feeling. Best feeling for sure. Yeah, I mean that's just like the special thing about music. We talked about it in brief after your show a little bit. Um, I was talking to Lindsay. Lindsay was there. Lindsay Cox. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was just talking to her, and I forget her boyfriend's name. Bradley? Uh, Brad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's in Bad Jokes. That's right. That's such a good band. And step, He's in Stepmom, too, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, for sure. And um, But I was just talking to them before we had talked to you, before you had walked up. I was telling them how it's like, that's how music is different than any other kind of art form, is that it's, you connect with it in such a way that's different from any other art to me. Because it can make you feel things like I, I've told them, like I've been at concerts that have felt more like a religious experience than even, you know, growing up in church. Oh, absolutely. I think, it, yes, 100 percent. I think music has saved so many people and like myself included, just like having a route to be able to express what I feel. And like, I just can't imagine like not being able to to like express myself and in like some kind of songwriting way or anything like that. I literally don't know what I would do. Like, <laughs> I go to therapy and everything. Like, I don't know what I would do genuinely. Um, but yeah, music has definitely allowed me to get to know myself a lot more, which is sometimes really scary, honestly, like being stuck with your thoughts and just trying to piece together what you feel. And I've talked about it a, lo a lot. Like I started playing music when I was like 13. So I, I was just, like, dumped into the scene at 13. And so that's been a, a long, <laughs> a long journey. And it's super hard, especially I have this new record coming out December 10th. And uh, the new single, the title track, is coming out December 3rd, the same day the show at uh, Pony Boy this week. But 
yeah, like this record especially, it's so hard to not know exactly how you feel and have other people like assume that they know how you feel and just kind of like force what they're feeling onto you sometimes because I've gotten a f- <laughs> album reviews are really difficult sometimes because it honestly cracks me up about how like other people interpret my songs and like what they're actually about and stuff because I'll, I'll I have this one song that's like not about so it's about basically like all of the protesting and everything that's happened this past year and like um the injustices of like the literal judicial system and all that kind of thing and it's called his eyes and one of the album reviews was like yeah maybe it's about a family member and all i'm like what (laughs) what (laughs) like i don't know how you got that at all but it, it just cracks me up how everyone like interprets things so differently and sometimes it's really hard like i was saying like it's like i have this idea and these songs are so personal to me and like i put my heart and soul into like songwriting and everything and i don't know like i I, on one hand i love when people interpret for their like own being and and be able to connect with the song um in their own way but Sometimes it's like so confusing. I don't. I'm. I, I'm so lost. Sometimes <laughs> it cracks me up. But you're yeah. like, how did you get that at For all? For sure. <laughs> and like, yeah. And like being so young too. Like just like surrounded with um. Like surrounded with musicians that I feel like are way better than me, and especially like I was like 13, 14. And I recorded my first record at 14, and like I listened back and like. I think in my mind, like, oh, those are 14-year-old songs. Like, they're not, you know, but they're deep. And I was like, dang, dude, like, I was emotional back then. (laughs) Like, was I okay? I don't know. But that whole, I don't know, it's just difficult having someone kind of perceive your feelings when you're not even sure what you feel. Well, I think that's the, um, the thing about music is that you've, it, it, verbalizes a lot of things that people feel like they're the only person that's felt that yes exactly and that's like my whole goal is to like really resonate with people and i feel like this so this last record that's coming out it's called christmas lights in april um oh gosh is it matt uh, it is <laughs> oh god sorry no do not we got ken palmero in the oh. house know how he got that from my name <laughs> oh god dude i'm sorry uh, to interrupt no no please do not apologize for that oh, god. awesome i'm gonna scoot that a little closer. yeah please do um yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry <laughs> no but, ken palmero yeah, yeah you can hit me up peek anywhere. behind the curtain uh before we started recording we we're talking about how matt goofed her name <laughs> and like we couldn't remember what it was it was bad and it, it yeah it definitely <laughs> Yeah, I lived up That's to That's if you were from Spain. There oh, you go. Oh, dude, dude. Yeah. That's the Italian Ken. I'm Ken. not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah, Palmero for sure. Um, I might, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to, like, do something with that at some point. I'll make shirts. Oh, my God. It's, I that think would be that'd amazing. Be so funny. Yeah. Yeah. We got to do that at some point. But, yeah. <laughs> so. Right, sorry for nerd. No, no. Do not apologize <laughs> for that. Um, no. So, I. Um, this record that's coming out December 10th is called Christmas Lights in April. And I, it's been recorded since February. So it's been a long time. Wow. Yeah. And I've written a lot since then and all that kind of thing. I've been through a lot since then. And that's another hard thing is like, for me, the recording process is like all I need. I can, I can go in and make a record and, and be hundred percent fine and feel like I've like gone to therapy for like 20 years and I'm over everything I wrote about until like, I have to like perform them and like, relive everything again like fun stuff but um yeah I I go back and forth about um this record just because it's so like the songwriting is really 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 personal and I was honestly on the fence about releasing it for a really long time but um my dad has helped a lot with like not necessarily like I feel like convincing sometimes has a negative connotation but like um helped me be okay with the fact that like it's okay to be vulnerable and like it's okay to let people know how you feel 
even when you aren't sure exactly how you feel and it it'll help people it'll help other people in the long run and that's like my whole goal so I'm okay with it um I'm I'm pretty excited you guys need to get your crying pants on because <laughs> like it's so bad it's so sad people listen were, mine are always on oh yeah anybody that knows me I'm, a, I'm an emotional guy I was uh talking to a friend earlier and I was telling him about the the CD release that's coming like the album release or whatever it's December 17th and he was like yeah so like what's what's the vibe and I was like you need to you need to brace yourself like it's it's gonna be sad and he's like I always have my crying pants on I was like I always have my ignore my feelings pants on so we're gonna have to compromise (laughs) at some point but yeah so that that um the record coming out is super vulnerable all that kind of thing but yeah people were like oh my gosh joan and flannel cowboy these two songs that i had released as singles are like oh how how sad like how much more sad can it get i'm like you guys you're like buckle up yeah like it's (laughs) it's yeah those are like the two least sad songs on the record so it's it's a funny funny little thing (laughs) well people so many people write you know i've talked to people a lot of my friends that are musicians and you just write about your experiences, you know what I mean? And things that you feel and the things to me personally, you know, I'm not a songwriter or anything, but like the moments that I can recall easiest are the moments that I was sad. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely the emotion that uh I feel the strongest. Um, and that's like that's probably like ninety eight percent of my songs. It's just like really sad or like really just like I don't know, I've been trying to write more honestly. Um, I've had a conversation with Chris Jones, um, a lot just about how sometimes when people cover up what they're feeling with metaphor, it's like kind of harder to reach. Like I'm all about metaphors. Metaphors are sick, but sometimes when you just say what you have to say and say what you need to say, it, it definitely resonates more with other people and, and more with yourself too, because I feel like sometimes I'll, I'll cover up how I feel with metaphor and, I'll be, I'll just kind of sugarcoat how I feel to myself and that's hard. Like that's, that's super weird. That's a super weird thing to think about. And being a songwriter, it's really, I don't know. I'm still growing obviously. And I have so much to learn, but I definitely have been trying to write a lot more honestly and just say what I need to like say and be okay with it and it yeah sometimes people over sometimes people like put metaphor over things that don't necessarily need to be metaphorical and it's hard to reach just like a little barrier in between what you're actually feeling or what the songwriter's feeling or sometimes it's harder to connect with the song but yeah Chris and I talk about that all the time (laughs) he yeah he's like a little older brother for me it's so funny (laughs) but he's great he um same thing for him. A lot of my friends in the in the recent like year or so have really like I feel like blossomed into into something that they are more they're just more themselves and they're not trying to fit a mold, which is really hard in the music business is not trying to fit a mold and like not trying to do what someone else is doing and finding your own that sounds so cliche like finding your own sound, but like genuinely finding your own like path and like what you're doing and and being comfortable in what you're doing because I've been in this state where I well not not anymore but previous to now um I have been in these states where I feel like I've done all I can do and I'm just like in this stuck kind of position where I'm not exactly sure where or what I can do to get myself out of it but um just like that speakeasy show that definitely got me out of out of the rut and it's kind of a different direction that I have been going um my fan base has been like 40 56 year old people you know what I mean just old because I've been writing folk Americana songs since I was like 13 and um I'll always have a little bit of twang but I I embrace the twang <laughs> gotta embrace the twang <laughs> gotta have a little flavor no for sure yeah uh and yeah the new sound is really sick though I feel really comfortable and and but also uncomfortable in like the best way, just kind of a new, a new situation that I've been put into and just kind of being okay with growing as an artist and as a songwriter is super hard as well, just because you feel like you're like abandoning your old self. Um, 
maybe that's just me, but I definitely feel like I've been abandoning my old self sometimes. But I think it's just part of growing and becoming whatever you're going to grow into. That's like the, it's like this weird dance that I feel like I've talked to a lot of musicians that they do is that when you do this thing, that's what you're expected to do. So then when you go away from it, Yes. It's like, well, they're not doing that thing anymore. Yep. But evolving, to me, that's like the thing that ha- makes you have more, keeps you more like uh, up to date and like more universally like accessible to people as f- as far as like if you had just always done the same thing, every time you do a new thing, they're like, oh, I, like I know what she does. Like that's yeah, the thing she exactly. does. Yeah, exactly. And I, I definitely it took me a long time to realize that and it took me a long time to be okay with like growing like you're saying and and like not sticking to one thing and not just being like oh that's ken pomeroy like she does folk americana and she's gonna write a bunch of sad songs and that's just you know like it's just gonna be like an acoustic album of like super bummer bangers you know and uh there's still there's still bummer bangers i've just like organized what i wanted it to sound like and it's no longer like it's kind of like a a really sad song that you can headbang to and that's like pretty much what i've <laughs> I been was, doing speaking of matt i was talking to him one time about <laughs> a quote that i had heard about um we did an episode one time where i talked to him i've had the opportunity to talk to him and then chase kirby about oh i love chase kirby we've done these episodes where it's like i ahead of time think of questions that they don't get asked or are uncomfortable to answer well that sucks so then uh (laughs) we have to talk about these things and um i'm trying to remember what we called it it was was like uh sad songs in a major key i think was the name of that episode oh that's dude yeah that's 100 percent what i've been doing recently (laughs) dude yes (laughs) but i admit i had um i'd found this quote i'm trying to find it now of course it's bad etiquette to be on my phone while we're recording but no you're fine I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, it was Tom Waits. Oh, God. I love it Tom said, Waits. Uh, I guess I like beautiful melodies telling me terrible things. That's, that's what he pretty said. much my whole mantra. <laughs> that's um, my whole MO. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what I'm known for. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I've gotten told that I've made people cry that, like, have never cried. What? Yeah. Like, crazy stuff like that, which is, like, sick. Like, I love to make people cry. That's kind of tight. And like, well, you make you connect in an emotional way with people. Yeah, exactly. And like that's special. like I got told a long time ago by um, so Frank Lawrence um, taught me how to play baritone ukulele when I was like in fourth grade, and he was my science teacher as well. And he's in my dad's band now. Um, <laughs> he's but, like a well-rounded yeah, guy. Yeah, wow. he's like he's all over the place. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, he told me a long time that I needed to find um, I needed to find a reason. And I didn't not, I had no idea what he meant by that. I was like fourth grade, like what reason for what? But it was a reason to play music and the reason, a a reason to like, just keep going. And that reason for me is like, I love making people cry. Like that's, (laughs) I'm serious though. Like just to be able to like, because I've been there, like I've been exactly where they have been in that moment. And it's just like, I don't know. It's it's pretty sick to be in control of people's emotions sometimes. Um, that sounds super like like gaslighty, but that's not <laughs> what I meant at all. Like at all. But she's not out here manipulating folks. Oh no. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But it's like it's cool to be like on the same page with people and to like kind of strike a nerve that people don't really get. I don't know. I don't know. It just. Yeah, a lot of people are uncomfortable crying in public. Oh, one hundred percent. And I, and I am that. like, that is not me at all. Oh, like I am at. I always tell my friends like, it, at any moment I'm on the verge of tears when you look at me. Like oh, even gosh. right now, like you, you could say something and it would get me for sure. Like oh, I am gosh, just at dude. the verge of tears at any moment is what I always tell people. <laughs> That's so good. But I, uh, yeah. you got me with that. Your song was Innocent Eyes. Oh gosh, yeah. That oh, song gosh, got yeah. me. That was the one that got me at Pony Boy. Oh boy. I'm like sitting here blubbering next to Matt. Dude, that song, that song is really hard for me to Ooh. perform as well. And that, that doesn't normally happen, but that song is definitely like one of the hardest songs to perform for me. Um, that line, uh, 
that stems from the innocent eyes thing. Um, looking back without innocent eyes, like the whole the whole line is I had a friend say the hardest thing is looking back without innocent eyes, and that was literally Isaac Stalling who said that, and like we were having a super serious conversation about, um, you know, like when you kind of are just like moseying along about your day and then a whole bunch of memories that you just completely like blocked out, just like come back and like, it's, I can't even explain the feeling of like remembering things that your mind has just hid from you for years on end. And in the long run, it's good to like remember and all that kind of thing. But initially those feelings are so intense and like so hard to deal with and basically the conversation was about that in in a generalized um form but Isaac was just like yeah well the hardest thing is looking back without innocent eyes and I was just like oh my god dude. <laughs> you've got to be kidding me yeah I just I literally put it in my notes we we're like eating pho and I was I put it in my notes I was like that's gonna become a song dude and he was like well, okay, you get dibs. <laughs> like, okay, fine. But yeah, that that song is super hard, super hard for me to perform. But yeah, honesty is the best policy. <laughs> I love that song personally. So Thank you. I, appreciate I hope you it. don't ever stop playing it. Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't. That would suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to. We have to mention Sky. You said oh. you you mentioned it once oh. before we started recording, and I'm like, there's no way this can't come yeah. up while we're actually talking. Yeah, okay. So, so how does that come in? Uh, in a very unfortunate way. Um, <laughs> the Yeah, so like freshman year of high school, right? I was like super angsty as we are, you know, but like I, I was like, nah, Green Day, no, like that's no, like I, I love Green Day, but also like nah, like Green Day was not it for me. And I was like, no, we got to listen to like, like. Oh, God, dude. We got to listen to, like, Irish punk and, like, all this stuff. Like, Floggy Molly oh, was, yeah. like, it Drop for Kick me. Dropkick Murphys and shit oh, like that. Oh, dude, Dropkick Mur- Dude, Rose Tattoo was my actual anthem. <laughs> like, walking down the hallway, I thought I was, like, the sickest person literally walking down the hallway, dude. Yeah, Rose Tattoo got me through. Rose Tattoo got me through for sure. Um, But, yeah, Flogging Molly. And I was just, like, super into, like, obscure music. Like, Italian death metal like that was it <laughs> I'm not even joking like I hate that I'm not joking but like yeah Italian death metal and like ska music like the big news is a local band that um I was like obsessed with that is a great ska band name yeah no for sure it's super fitting and I was like super obsessed with them and like the my friends that I was friends with at the time um I'm still friends with one of them Tater Cowan but I, <laughs> they were like super into it too. Like we were all just like super, just like down deep in this ska. Stinking around. Dude, literally, no. You can't even joke around because <laughs> it's like this dude. Drawing checkerboard and everything. No, listen, I have a checkerboard story. So I go to this, <laughs> oh God, okay. I go to this show at the Resonator in Norman. Right. And I go, it's, a, it's obviously a ska show. Like what else would it be? And so, like, I show up, and I'm, like, hyped for it, and I'm, like, super hyped for it. Everyone's hyped for it, and uh, I, like, walk in, and I drink LaCroix. Like, that's all I drink, so I, like, went to go grab a LaCroix, and there were ska cookies with, like, they were just, like, square cookies with, like, checkerboard on them, and, like, it was, I, I I look back, and I'm, like, dude, I thought that was the coolest thing. Like, I genuinely thought that that was, like probably one of the sickest things i've ever like been a part of and witnessed but like now i look back at it i'm like dude we're just eating like checkerboard cookies like totally only bottom because of the checkerboard like dude yeah and they're like four dollars a piece for like these homemade like jank checkerboard cookies and it was just super unfortunate phase of my life but the checkerboard would claim many victims that happened to me a girl that i liked asked if she could draw on me one time and she like drew on my arm she drew like checkerboard all the way down my arm she was into ska no it was oh. like i she might have been actually but she was more like um like my kim and shit like that mm. like the real proper emo shit mm-hmm. from back then 
Yeah. I armor for sleep and stuff like that. <laughs> oh gosh, dude. So Pierce the Veil. Um, speaking of all this, uh I was in seventh grade and I like I went to Catholic school and I went to Catholic school f- since third grade and I uh I like cut all my hair off and was like trying to rebel and like all this stuff and like <laughs> I cut all my I cut all my hair off, dude, and like had this like Janko pixie cut. I oh just thought it was God. I thought it was sick. You thought you were no, fruits I, of bulk in 100%, the in yes. the Yes. The craft. Yeah, I w- literally was. Like, there's no doubt about it. But, yeah. So, I, in seventh grade, thought that I was, like, the sickest ever. And I wrote PTV on my wrist every day, <laughs> dude. Every day. Pierce the Veil was it for me. It was it. Oh Black God. Veil Brides, dude. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so b- I'm so sorry. <laughs> you started this one, dude. You started it. I'm sorry. I just, you don't hear those names a long time, and then you're like, what, what it's the good. fuck was I thinking? Yeah, it's super bad. It's <gasps> super bad. But, yeah, I um actually did this one interview where I um basically mansplained how uh, ska and brass punk were, like, two way different things. And I, I called at the end. I, like, left and called and was like, hey, that's, like, off the record. Like, I can't have that. Like, I can't. I can't live no. anywhere. It, yeah. So. <laughs> but listen, uh, we're uh, all inclusive here. If you uh, like real big fish or if you, like, <laughs> pierce the veil, we don't care. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did listen. Um, there was There was cool things that happened, like. Um, I had a buddy named Quentin, had crazy good taste in music. I think we all had a friend that was just like, yeah, introduced us to cool stuff for sure. And I remember he was a big fan of uh, Five Iron Frenzy. Oh, and yeah, okay. The, the lead dude from Five Iron Frenzy has like a side project. It was called Brave Saint Saturn. That sounds super familiar. And it was like this weird. It was almost like, did you ever listen to Angels and Airwaves? Oh yeah, dude. So it was like so. real, real spacey, like yeah. all that shit. It was like that. But almost like a rock opera mm. mixed with like space. Okay. It was the dude from Five Iron Friends. It was so bizarre. That's but so I, th- it's like one of those things of like, that's the thing about, you know, we talked about music being so special with like connecting the emotions. Another one of the things it does is like, I can't hear that and not think of Quentin and the time yeah, that we listen so to that lovely. stuff. Like, I, Yeah, absolutely. I have a lot of friends that, um, specifically one that I'm not friends with anymore, but he um he <laughs> he's a big Temple of the Dog fan, like huge, like unironically, like su- <laughs> like it's super, like it's good. <laughs> but he would always like make this joke about like how like you know male manipulator, like you know, the whole the whole bit and everything. And he would always make this joke about how like Temple of the Dog is like a super group based out of like Pearl Jam and like you know just how it is or whatever and it's it's still to this day so funny and anytime i hear like i'm going hungry <laughs> dude i just think of him and it's so good like it's so so good it brings back a lot of good memories and like that's super sometimes i i can't listen to certain songs because it brings me back to exactly how i feel or how i felt at that point at that point in my life and like sometimes i'm like ooh, ooh, i don't like that at all but it's it's a powerful thing like just or something that you hear to be able to do that. It's crazy. I know. It's pretty 50-50 on that specific thing. Like, I've talked to people about, you know, that was me and my ex-wife's song. Now I can't listen to that. Yeah. And then some people, they're just completely not bothered. They're like, I'm not going to fucking let her ruin that song. Like, I love yeah, that song. No, for sure. <laughs> and that's just like, well, that's kind of a funny thing, too, of, like, how it hits you and, like, the way yeah. you interpret it. And it definitely is. It definitely is. And, yeah, that... I'm one to, like, if I'm going through something in my life, I will only listen to one song, like, until I hate it. Like, and it's so, it, it sucks cause because, like, I, I really like this song and I'm just ruining it for myself. But I have, like, uh, my Spotify is super great. Like, my Spotify playlists are really, like, superb. And um, <laughs> they're, like, they're pretty good. I'm I'm just, like being like they're okay but um i have uh just a lot of these playlists that are really specific to a time in my life and i've had this like spotify count for 
oh gosh, like probably since I was in seventh grade. So it's been like more than a decade of like, like just music and like just what I was going through and like what I was into at the moment. And like, I have this playlist called Punkishy and oh, it Punk is, is she. It's like punkishy, punkish. Oh my like, god! You know? Yeah, it's like punk, <laughs> yeah. kinda. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's super. It's good, like for when I was listening to it. But I don't know. It cracks me up to listen to songs that I used to think that were like it. I love that kind of shit. I love that for me sure. Because I listen back to it, what like a band that I listened to when I was like in seventh grade or something. I think is when they came out. There's this band called Matchbook Romance. I don't know if you listen to them mm-hmm. at all, but they're on Epitaph. And I like at that time, the, anything on this label, Epitaph, like could not miss for me. Oh, 100%. Dude, and Epitaph it was like, is great. Yeah, yeah. And like it was like MTV2 or something was like a music video and they would have like all these alternative songs. And they had this song called My Eyes Burn and the music <laughs> video on it is like so over the top oh, like yeah. emotional but and i was just like it. i relate to this. Yeah, like this no, guy's 100%. like wife le- leaves him or some shit and his life falls apart and i'm like yeah i'm like in seventh grade like yeah man i know that feel Dude, like yeah exactly <laughs> i think it's so funny that's like the best thing that's the best thing for me is to like like remember exactly how i thought about that song and like i i listened to a lot of music now that like I never would have thought that I would listen to and which is super surprising because I mean I listen to like Italian death metal so it you, right. know, it you know but like that whole I don't know I have like eras of music and eras of Ken that like listen to music and it's so funny wow. it's so funny I never thought about that like the things yeah the things Ugh. you listen to at the different ages for sure I think of that I think about that now it is kind of like these sections of oh, yeah. things that I like to listen to and like and like whatever I'm into at that time. Yeah, and I hate when people like I don't know. I'm I hate when people hate on what other people listen to. Like it's funny, like 100%. I'm a huge hater when it comes to like being ironic and stuff. But like like I unironically love Weezer. Like I unironically love Nickelback. Like Nickelback is <laughs> like if you actually like I don't know. They're just bangers. You we know? talked about, I did an episode on the show. It's called In Defense of Butt Rock. Oh, gosh. And we talked about like Seether and Nickelback. Oh, and, dude. Of course. Um, I can't remember. Oh, Puddle of Mud was one that I was Stop. like, wow, this song actually. It's really good. Kind of goes. Like, yep. Talking about his son and shit. Like, dude, I know. It was blurry, I think the song was. But I was like, okay, yeah. he's got to get a bad rap, but the song's actually like saying something. No, like Smile sure. Empty Soul was one of them too. I was like, yeah, exactly. Man. And like some of it, obviously like cheesy. Right. But like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like when people, I don't know, it just, it makes me laugh. And like my um, guilty pleasure songs are like super embarrassing. So, but like, why, why? We're about to yeah, get the into guilty like pleasure the, thing. the philosophical, or philosophical. <laughs> Falafel. <laughs> yeah. Philosophical. <laughs> she didn't eat before she got here. Oh, so. gosh. The the <laughs> philosophical, like, like why question of, like, why is that embarrassing? Shame. Like, it's shame music. is a funny thing, isn't it? Is, it? It's, it's like, a joke. Why do we feel shame about things that we enjoy? It's Ugh, like, I don't know. I lame. definitely had these things. I don't know if you ever did this, but I did this real bad. <laughs> I uh, would talk about like liking bands I didn't really like that much. Word. But I'd be like, I, okay, I know this band is like cool. Yeah. Like people think this band's cool, so I want people to think I'm cool. No, I totally wish so I would have like, done that. Yeah, like I loved Minus the Bear, which I did like Minus the Bear, but I'm like. No, see, if I I don't, done I don't that, know them that much, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, if I would have done that, I would have definitely been cool in high school. Um but yeah, I I was just clueless and didn't care about anything. And like I think <laughs> sometimes it's like I just don't like catch on to like what which honestly saved me a lot in high school and like in like growing up and stuff because getting bullied is like terrible. It sucks so much and like being just clueless to what people's intentions are, I think really just like saved me 100% throughout most of my early early years. Um yeah being clueless in music is so great because i would just like listen to terrible terrible music air quotes um and and be fine like with it and be 100 fine but i thought which i 100 did like have like 
an elitist complex when it came to my music taste at the time. Like, I was like, you guys don't know. Like, you guys yeah, don't get it. I got to get on this Italian death metal joint. Oh, no, yeah, dude. Honestly, I'm not going to dive into it, but, like, it's really good. <laughs> okay, we got to do, we got to put one of those, you know, we're going to make that playlist. Oh, We got to put Italian death metal okay, on there yeah, for show. Deal. I have, like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining Pavarotti under, like, with no. the store to guitar. Like, I God. mean, well, hmm. <laughs> no, well, I don't know. So... <laughs> There's that, and also I have oh geez, I have a family in in Germany, and <laughs> my uncle figure, I guess you'd say, he's like really into like like hardcore like I I wish I could like scream like they could like <laughs> but like you know what I'm saying like super hardcore like scary like shit yes and like Ooh. yeah and it's all in German so it's like ten times scarier and. I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs> it is, dude. I'm telling you. It's like... It's a, it is a very aggressive language. It is, for sure. And, like, it's just everything about it is so... And he, like, loves it. We were just, like... I remember so vividly um, my dad, me, and and Christian, uh, who, who's I'm, who I'm, like, referring to, um, went on this, like... We were in Germany, and we were, like, driving through the, like... German hills or whatever. I don't know. You're on the hills. Autobahn. Yeah. Gotcha. No, yeah, for sure. And like we were, we were driving and, and going to see this like outlook and the outlook was beautiful. But on the way back, um, it started to rain and like you go super fast in Germany, like just, yeah, super fast. So as he, fast as your car can go as the speed limit. For sure. They're and crazy. Yeah. And it's like, I remember him saying like, oh, we have to, we have to go faster than the rain. And I was like, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That would startle no, me. No, for sure. And like all while, like this, like hardcore music is like playing and my dad and I are just like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like trying to vibe so hard. But honestly, like that's such a fond memory for me. Like just like <laughs> remembering, like outrunning the rain. That time to, you like, didn't die listening to no, for whatever sure. the fuck. Yeah, it was insane. I'm trying to think of the one German band I know that's like the Duhast. Oh. Is, you know what I'm talking about? That oh, song? 100%. Yes. Um, um, hold on. That's like the literally the, it's like the thing that I imagined whenever you said that. Was so, that band. Yeah. And like, there's like some really good German music too. Like the, no, 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 six love balloons. That oh, song, yeah, 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 yeah. So that song like slaps. Rammstein. Oh yeah, dude. Oh my god. Yeah. That's literally the only German band I know, I think. Yeah. So I literally have a Clip Springer um tape in my car right now. Wow. Like a hundred like it's sitting in my floorboard. Um but yeah, that's uh <laughs> Yeah. <God>. Yeah. <laughs> so the German shit, the Italian uh, death metal. Yeah, Irish punk, dude. Irish punk. Yep. You're like a world traveler as far as music. I try. <laughs> God. Yeah. No, the ska. The ska is definitely the has roots. I've had so many friends talk about that stuff, and like, um, honestly, like a big way that a lot of my friends found um, music was like Tony Hawk uh, video games and stuff like listen, that. I don't know if you ever like listen, played those. I have a PS2 in my house right now with Tony Hawk Pro Skate two and three, and I have um, oh gosh. <laughs> American Wasteland. Oh yeah, as well. Yeah, no, hundred percent. You know what's super funny about that as well is uh, the adolescence. Uh, have that song that's like Amoeba. Oh yeah. Amoeba. So yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's such a good song. My dad and I always thought it was Tony Hawk. Tony. <laughs> so his own branded no, yeah, song on there. One hundred percent. It's not at all. But um, a while back, I think it was one of the last show. Oh, actually. I went to an air supply concert and that was the last concert that I like went to before. Wow. COVID. Yeah. No, dude, it's, it's, there's a mix, dude. There's a mix. But, um, one of the last concerts that I went to was one of my friends, uh, bands who was, uh, opening for the Radolescence and they like swung through, they were at 89th and, um, it was like pretty much all of the original members of the Adolescence, but I guess there was some kind of like, um, dispute like a falling out or something day. yeah and so now they were just like yeah well now we're the adolescents and like just play the <laughs> it's same even song. better than that no 100 and it really was like it was a good show and like the, the the funniest thing is like my dad skippy he like 
I was so into this. I was so into this. And I was like, oh my gosh, dad, like we have to stay for this song. Like, and all my friends that were there and like had played were supposed to stay like and hang with me, but they all left. Like wow. all of them left. So it was literally me and Skip just in this like hardcore, like 89th street, but like a whole bunch of like spiky collars and like- the Libertine looking ass. 100%, yes. It was sick. And it's just so funny. Because he was like, he had like this nice like German fedora on and like he was all like dapper. My dad is super <laughs> dapper and like has really good style. So it was like funny to see him in that. And it, we always talk about how like such a weird night that was <laughs> because like we did stay for the Amoeba. Um, dude, and people, I got- Yeah, we yelling Tony Hawk. Yeah, 100%. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, that basically- is that concert is the same thing we were talking about just like brings back really fond memories <laughs> but anyways i yeah. love that kind of shit though because it's like what does this fan of music look like i guess is what it's oh yeah i don't know if you get that a lot but i get that quite a bit for bands that I like they're like oh i wouldn't expect you to like that and i'm like i get that what band do you a lot. What music do you expect that i would like i guess i don't know it's like a weird yeah. thing to say i guess no i feel that i feel that a lot i i try to expand on like what i listen to and stuff i got really into classical music like really like i <sighs> when i listen or like when i find something i will like go way too far and like way too like into it like i will cross many lines when it comes to like okay you need to calm down like like it's just not listening that to it or like a just like reading about it yes because i would do that i'd be like i would do that to my friends i'd be like this guy's cousin is in this other band that, isn't that cool and they'd be like yeah, who gives a fuck that's exactly what i do i will like super research a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff and like no one cares about like it's literally not cool at all like the things that i like would think were like sick but <laughs> it's funny to like remember and I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I got really into like Claire Schumann and like, um, Keon Sultan Sultani is someone that I've like, I've literally sent every person that I know his tiny desk concert. Like it's, it is so good. <laughs> I can't even explain to you. Like his, he's a cellist and there's not a lot of modern cellists that I'm like, Oh, that's really good. Like that, that has a lot of like a new school spin on like old classical roots but like Kian Sultani is literally one of the best cellists I've ever seen and like genuinely one of my bucket list musicians to go see but <laughs> NPR concert. I love I do love those concerts oh I had a but I, that is so funny that it would just be like a cellist oh yeah. NPR is it's savage though so they don't good. give a fuck they're no, like come so play good. we don't 100%. care who you are yeah and I had to, I took this one music appreciation class um my sophomore year of college and i basically like i thought for a minute i was like oh, it's gonna be like basic like renaissance period like all this <laughs> stuff like all the stuff that i was like baroque. already yeah the the baroque the baroque period um <laughs> no, but all the stuff that i already like knew about and i was just like oh, it'll be another credit you know but it was sick like it was during covid so my professor was like, hey, since you guys can't go to concerts, like normally I would tell you like you have to have a required concert to go see and like you have to take notes on it and all this stuff. He's like, instead of doing that, like you should do, we have to do like required tiny desk concerts. And like, <sighs> That's it was so, cool. so good, dude. It was probably one of my favorite classes I've ever taken because wow. like it forced me to like, well, it didn't really force me. I did it anyways, but like, I had a reason to do what I normally do. It was just like basically take notes on like. <laughs> you were like, I was already going to do this anyway. Now <laughs> yeah. I'm getting a grade. No, for sure. And <laughs> it, it, it was so good. Like it was basically you had to like analyze what instrument they were playing and um, go into detail about what each song was about and your input and your take and what they could have done better, which was really hard for wow. me to do. Yeah, because these are musicians that I like look up to and um admire and i'm i'm telling them like or or saying what i think that they should do better but that class definitely opened my eyes to a lot of things um and that's when i really got into like modern classical music that sometimes it's bad but 
It's okay. That is funny. Like the music, we had very different experiences with our music appreciation class. I'll say this. I, yeah. ha- I took mine at UCO in person mm-hmm. um, years ago. I mean, it was like the kind of the same thing. Everybody yeah. had to take electives or whatever. Yeah. I was like, surely this is going to be an easy class. This is one of the hardest classes I've ever taken Aww. in my entire life. What did it entail? Um, it was like the type of shit was like in the test. There was a section that was like a, a good chunk of the points of the test. And they she would play an excerpt and you oh, have to oh, tell. Yes, we also had to do when that. When the time was like yes. the, within five years of like these different. Yes. And I'm like, what the fuck? That. <laughs> I was, that, that part is what really got me like listening to it. Because like, that, no, oh my gosh. I'm so glad you brought that up because I totally forgot about that. Yeah, he was cool, but also like made us do that for sure um he yeah you would have to listen to it was hard it was so hard that's genuinely one of the hardest things that i've ever done as well and i'm so glad i got put through that ringer because i feel like i know a lot of stuff that i didn't i would never have like known or learned needed to learn and And i haven't brought it up since oh me too i'm waiting for that shit to pop up and be like oh shit that's baroque from 1800 yeah, from like 1891 <laughs> to like 1900. I know this period. Dude. That, yeah, Pamela Richmond, I think, was my professor's name. She was, uh, I think she was at the time, she was like the musician in residence at UCO or something, cool. like, something like yeah. that. But my God, that class was <laughs> insanely hard. Yeah. I did uh, fuck up the, uh, I did fuck up the, uh, what do they call that? The, um, the curve. Oh, one one oh, one test yeah. i just i mean studied like crazy yeah and she said someone got a hundred in here so there's no curve oh, oh and i was I, like I what fucking mean, yeah. idiot got a hundred and it was me yeah that's so, so then good. i'm like that's so good people would be like asking me what i got i'm like oh, i got an a <laughs> yeah i got an 80 but she actually had um bonus points so i got like a 105 Oh, that's sick, and i'm like though. i really fucked everybody in this <laughs> that's okay that's super sick i yeah that is super 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 sick i totally just like blocked that part of that class out um until just your brain will do that yeah let me block out this trauma for you dude yeah but that i'm super thankful for that class (laughs) i yeah man she did and the thing that you said we actually did we had to do that and it was i mean it was years ago so before covid you know Mm -hmm. and it was like you had to go to um this was actually one of the cooler things is that you had to do um like two or three live music things and so i went and saw jimmy world at the diamond ballroom oh that's during cool. the time that i was taking this test yeah and i asked her like hey can this be one of my life and so i had to like write this critique kind of like what you're saying yeah. like yeah what i liked what stuck out to me what i would like to have seen different like and so i got to write it about like a concert that i actually gave a shit about that's super cool. one of the other ones yeah. i had to go to like a library and listen to this like um random these random people at the library playing music and i'm like okay yeah yeah <laughs> and we had to oh. drive it was like midwest city oh goodness oh my god to drive forever to just go listen to this but that's so funny yeah. that you took that class that kills me yeah it was something it was something i really thought i was i had no idea what i was getting into like literally no clue um but yeah i'm very thankful that i got to take that class and and, and do that that's so funny you also had that experience that's years so ago too yeah that's so that's hilarious did you go to uco no i um basically am in the process of getting my uh phd in uh psychoanalyst and like psychopathology oh yeah it's cool <laughs> it, it's tight um i that's really cool yeah it's 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 fun i was talking to a friend the other day about basically how like music is all it's not there's no like a def there's not a definite yes or no to music and same thing with psychology it's one of the only sciences that there's no like definite there's it's, not, n- yeah. it's not like math where yeah, it's like this exactly. is the exact answer yeah and like psychology and music i feel like are really really similar in just how people interpret things and i get to find out a lot about people and a lot about myself and just it's kind of cool understanding why people do the things that they do and like learning about um, like Freud is the classic one. That dude's insane. But like, <laughs> but like Jungian psychology 
Um, oh yeah, it makes so much sense to me. I'm I'm a huge fan of Carl Jung. Um, he he was just ahead of his time in a lot of like the philosophical ways that he would explain um, life and like your shadow and all that kind of thing. And I I really I think it's super interesting to look back and research these people that like those ideas are even kind of difficult to bring up in today's society and like for people to take you seriously when you're like oh I just like go with the wind and like like, you know what I mean like hippie stuff but like yeah it's (laughs) you know like it's 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 super admirable for them to be able to kind of bring that up and and create that as a as a psychological standpoint yeah you're putting it to paper of like this thing like this thing happens to people yeah here's what's going on with that exactly you know? yeah like, here's my take on why people do this and <clears throat> all that kind of thing i think it's really cool he did stuff with like the enfp that's young right i think so yeah so he did like that the myers-briggs is what i think it is yeah yeah but he, we do we do enneagram and stuff at my work like we all took oh, the enneagram cool. oh for, yeah yeah which was like Ugh. yeah yeah i <laughs> Yeah, we have to take a whole bunch of those, like, tests oh, really? for, yeah, just to be, like, well-versed in what you, what you're about to be, like, studying and all that kind uh, of thing. And like, like, what's out there. Right, exactly. And <laughs> there was this, oh, there was this one, uh, it's like a test to see if you're, like, on the spectrum or whatever. Oh. Yeah, it was I didn't cool. know that was a thing. It was super cool. It's, like, a whole bunch of questions that you don't, like, you couldn't take the test and be like oh that would definitely be something that um someone uh that's on the spectrum would would answer like 100 percent. but um definitely uh had a surprising ending result uh (laughs) which honestly it makes sense like we talk about it a lot just being musicians and like being like on the spectrum in some kind of form or fashion um just because we like we literally hyper focus in like one thing. And oh yeah, your write songs brains and, like, work different. I feel exactly. Like. Yeah, and and yeah, it was it was kind of funny because we were all in class and like there was a, a majority of people who like kind of kept to themselves, but like were really into this activity and pretty much everyone was like, yeah, you have some tendencies, but like you're good. Like you're you're um you know just you're not on the spectrum. And my psychology professor, professor, he was like my, uh, he's the only doctor of psychology in the whole like school or whatever. And, um, he like comes up to me and was like, Ken. And I was like, he actually called me my, by my first name, but he, uh, he was like, so, uh, did you like research this prior to like get a specific result? And I was like, Nah, I just, I, I guess I just. You're like, my guy, I'm just here. Yeah, literally, that's, yeah. But I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. That's really cool. It's something. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, It makes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my pals and I who, who do music have a lot of these conversations just about how um our brains are wired a little bit differently and. I was in an Uber in uh, Huntington, California, or Huntington Beach, California, um, a few months ago, and I got in the Uber. This dude picked me up from the airport. He's super talkative, and I, I was not like I. I don't really like to talk to Ubers. Like I'm, I'm friendly, but I just was like not in the vibe to have a full-on conversation for like 50 minutes. But he was, I, he asked me, cause I had my guitar and he was like, so you play music? And I was like, no, <laughs> like, yes, I do. I'm just bringing this for yeah. a friend. Yeah. I was like, yes, I do. And like explained <laughs> everything. And he was like, so you must have to be so like, um, extroverted. And I just like, it made me like laugh because I was like, oh man, no, like not at all. Like that's, that's kind of a funny, yeah. Like, like a stereotype for sure and it's it's funny because most of us are just really just super awkward and and really like don't know how to socialize and like i don't know there's <laughs> a ton of introverted musicians ben gibbard oh yeah no I mean, for ben sure. gibbard doesn't like being around people yeah i don't think any aaron of marsh do, really. from copeland he yeah, doesn't like 100%. being around people like i think it's just like 
I don't know. Again, like I said earlier, um, having to kind of turn on the turn on the performance. Like the performance doesn't necessarily start when we start playing music. Um, I I have to put myself in this place to be like, okay, this is this is what I do. Like I have to do this to be able to do what I like to do, and I. Yeah, I just had, I've had a lot, um, especially growing up in the, uh, the whole scene, like 13, a 13 year old girl, like just like submersed into the Americana scene. Super weird, super, super weird, like (laughs) super weird, whole bunch of like 30 year old people who I considered my friends, but it was also kind of this weird dynamic of like they couldn't really like do the same. Like I was just like, you know, I was just Ken, like just 13 year old little Ken, you know? And now it's cool because I, I have these musicians that I consider my best friends who are in my band and like the same age and everything. But I'm, I'm really thankful to be, to have been able to perform with people so much older than me and, and like really get to learn and grow from them and play with musicians that I feel like were completely like, way better than me like completely just on a different different playing field and that they were so willing to just i don't know believe in me i invested in you yeah you know? for sure they're and seasoned and then you're cutting your teeth with like all these seasoned people yes, you're like wow absolutely it's probably like the best way to learn honestly i i definitely it was one of the best experiences i've ever like i've ever been a part of and yeah it but where i was going with the whole um like growing up in the scene kind of thing is it's it's hard because you I don't know sometimes I wish that I I could go back and be like that 13 year old girl that just literally had no idea what was happening and only played music and because I I've got I've kind of like grown up and had to um figure some things out and especially being a female artist um it sucks a lot of the time. Um, the name Ken has helped me a lot, though, because booking for festivals. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's, I got it's Ken. great. Yeah, I'll show up to a festival, and, and they look at my dad like, oh, hi, Ken. And I'm like, oh, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not at all. Um, yeah. but it's, Oh, you almost had it. Yeah, super close. But, yeah, it's uh, definitely a different ball game being – uh, a female musician but I also I also feel like um like I play with a band who is all boys like they're all like 20 something year old boys you know what I mean and they're just like they're all like brothers to me and it's it's really good to see that there are dudes in the music scene and i'm like seeing it firsthand that there's are there are men in the music scene that like 100 percent advocate for everything that uh that a female artist needs to succeed and and just i don't know it's it's super reassuring to see someone that doesn't really have to go through the struggle to just be 100 percent on on your side and it's it's really cool to have have bandmates that are um for you and for the band and for like the bigger picture it's really cool and i i'm in a good spot with with being in a band with my best friends sometimes it's like <laughs> sometimes we don't get anything done but it's <laughs> it's pretty good uh it's pretty good yeah it's it's really it's enlightening too because every time we hang out to play music or to not to play like I find out something that I'm just like, what? Like, I had no idea about, I had no clue about that. And it's, it cracks me up. It cracks me up. But yeah, I, I think band band dynamics are super important and just the way you perform as well. Because I feel like if you're not vibing with your band, then like, you're not vibing. And you're not going to. But I feel like I'm vibing. <laughs> vibing hard. Yeah, super hard. That is such an interesting thing, and you know, we um, we kind of talked about this earlier, but it was like, I don't know, is it? Have you been made to feel like maybe you're not taken as serious because you're a woman? Um, yeah, which 
I don't know. I feel like sometimes, yes, 100%. Like, yes. And I've been in multiple situations where, like, it's just been a thing that, um, like, it's it's no problem if one of the managers make like makes an advance on me or anything like that. Like it's just it's it's so weird. Wow. Super super weird. And I feel like 100% sometimes that we aren't taken seriously. And like it's it's still very prevalent. Like you'll see those those Instagram pages that are that'll um mark out every male band or male fronted band on a festival lineup and there's maybe three tops like female fronted bands and it's just like <sighs> ah you know it's a bummer but i feel like the more um the more we push we're just we're gonna go go in a positive direction no for sure and i think it's just the music speaks for itself i've for said sure. it before i'll say it again ken's the must see act of the year <laughs> that doesn't matter what year it is <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna republish year. that shit next year. Dude, please, that's so <laughs> funny. I love that so much. What did what did Matt call me again? Oh yeah, let me look it up. Um, Palmero, something mm. like that. Pa- Palmero, yeah. Yeah, super good. Ken Palmero, this musty act of the year. Ah, classic, <laughs> super classic. Ken, I really appreciate your time. Why don't you tell people where they can. Uh, you know, keep up with what you got going on, your shows, your yeah. music, all that good stuff. Absolutely. You can follow me at Ken Palmer Music um, on Instagram and Facebook, uh, P-O-M-E-R-O-Y. <laughs> uh, I have my um, my record coming out. Christmas Lights in April comes out December 10th um, all, in all digital platforms, as well as we're having a little album release um, at the shop at Scapies, which is my, my dad's venue. Um at our house it's really really cool he's basically had a venue in this hot rod shop that we work out of and uh that's going to be december 17th and i guess some shows that are coming up um i'm opening up for husbands january 22nd at tower theater that'll be really cool i'm really excited about that um this friday pony boy with mad honey um and then playing with chris jones and the Flycatchers december 10th for the caitlin butch show a tower, which should be really cool too. Um, yeah, yeah, December seventeenth, and yeah, yes. Get that gold stream, that goddamn album. <laughs> yes, cry. He <laughs> <laughs> was already gonna cry that day, but cry to Ken that day. Yeah, so much better. <laughs> well, as always, guys, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast T U N E S slash T O O N S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Wherever you find your podcasts. Bye-bye. <laughs>